legendary singer-songwriter Carol King once said of her song, You've Got a Friend, quote, That song was as close to pure inspiration as I've ever experienced. It wrote itself. It was written by something outside of myself through me. Now, most songwriters will tell you it's far more common for a hit song to come about only after a lot of patience, perseverance, and a whole bunch of hard work. But every once in a while, those special moments do happen. For King, it was almost spiritual. And for this month's guest on Write You a Song, it was a night out in the islands with Kenny Chesney. Thanks for checking out this month's podcast. I'm Tom Maley, and our guest this month is Brett James, who will share his story of a night out in the islands with Kenny and a couple of huge hits that came about the morning after a night before. But first, Brett's backstory. He originally planned to be a doctor and had even enrolled in medical school before deciding he needed to at least give his dream of being a singer a try. So he moved to Nashville, where his singing career never really took off. And in the late 1990s, he re-enrolled in medical school. But to fulfill a year-long musical contract, Brett kept writing songs. And all of a sudden, while he was away, his songs started being cut by some of Nashville's biggest artists. And he realized, hey, maybe there is a place for me in Nashville after all. He moved back to Music City, and ever since the early 2000s, he has been one of country music's most successful songwriters. loss is our gain. Brett James, welcome to Write You a Song. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And one of the things that, that I've noticed with the other four shows that we've done with the four other songwriters, and now you, you all have one thing in common. None of you have any quit in you. Can you talk about <laughs> how important just determination and I guess maybe even bullheadedness is to succeeding as a songwriter? Well, I think that's probably true in any profession, but I think, you know, it definitely in, in songwriting and I would imagine anything in the entertainment business, you know, it's just so competitive. Everybody's, you know, uh, kind of what, what makes Nashville great, in, in my opinion, and one of the things that makes Nashville great is that, you know, like if you're in L.A., you go to a restaurant and just seems like every every waiter and every, you know, valet guy is a, is a, is a going to be famous actor someday, sort of like in Nashville, that's every... Same thing with, uh, you know, every waiter and valet guy are, are going to be songwriters. And so I think it's just, you know, it's a competitive thing. And, you know, when I was a waiter in Nashville, I remember, you know, you know, you dream about your first baby step, which is to kind of get in the door and then to get somebody to care. And I think it's I think it's just determination is everything in, in any competitive business, I think, whether it's sports or entertainment. But it's certainly that way in songwriting, because if you do the math and you look at the odds, you, you, you'd quit before you even start. <laughs> and then there's got to be creativity, too. It's, it's, you can be the hardest worker in the world, but if you can't, you know, put, put a phrase together right or, or find the, the, you know, the perfect sentiment for a, a feeling that you want to express, you're, you're stuck. Exactly. I mean, there is, there is, there is an element of talent that, that's involved and an element of a, you know, a certain skill set that's required to kind of uh, be able to actually 
do the job, you know, and, um, so, and yeah, and that's a learning process as well. And it's still a learning process after you know, I've been doing it 26 years, you know, and, you know, and today I'm, I'm in a room, you know, I just left a room with, with two friends of mine and we're trying to crack the code again, you know, and that's just part <laughs> of what it is, is, is trying to crack the code. And how, how do we, how do we say something in a different way that, that, that somebody's going to care about, you know? And, and how do you, I mean, obviously you, I, I'm sure you, you keep notes and, and you jot down ideas or, or, you know, melodies that come to you or, or, you know, just interesting <clears throat> ways of saying things, but like any writer, I'm sure you run into to, to writer's block. What do you do to kind of unclog that, or or can you? Well, I think you, you can, and I think, you know, what, you know, for instance, for me, when, when I first moved to Nashville, I had a, I had a recording contract pretty quickly, and the, the record label really liked what I did on my own. So, and I'd never really co-written, and so on my first album, I wrote 10 of the 11 songs by myself, you know, and and, you know, they, that's what they wanted me to do. But I think, so I spent about, you know, and then after that, I spent probably my first five years in Nashville primarily writing by myself. And, and what to realize is that there's only so many days you can sit in your underwear by yourself and, and with a guitar you know, <laughs> and, and make stuff up. And so what we do in Nashville and what really the professional songwriting uh, community does is typically we you know we collaborate a lot we most songs if you look on the radio are co-written there's more than one person and what that really does is it prevents writer's block it really helps with that because if i don't have a great idea today then i've got somebody else in the room who might you know and and even if they don't then maybe just in conversation as we're sitting there kind of drinking our coffee and talking about life you know a lot of times that's the way you know songs you know, pop out and all of a sudden somebody says a phrase or thinks of something and that's kind of how it pops out. And a lot of times that's, that is how we prevent writer's block, you know, it's just to do it that way. Yeah. And that is exactly a question I was, I was going to ask. And it's not one that I've asked the, the four previous guests that we've had, all of you write together. And, and I was, you just answered the question. It's essential uh, just to kind of get the creative juices flowing, if nothing else. Absolutely, and it's essential when you do it every day. I've, you know, I've been, I've written almost three thousand songs, probably probably three thousand songs by now over the over the course of my career, and that's just a lot of days, you know. And it really is a lot more fun to drink coffee and talk to someone. Today, I'm I'm literally sitting in in one of my best friends in the world's living room. His name's Troy Burgess. He's been songwriter of the year, and I'm talking to you now from his house because it's more it's a lot more fun for me to come over to Troy's and go to his studio and we have a great time together than it is for me to sit sometimes by myself. And so that's kind of why collaboration in professional songwriting circles is such an important thing. Now, the flip side of that is I just, I'm, I haven't made a record in about 20 years. So I decided to make one this fall. And when it came to that, that was kind of a more personal thing for me. So I've, you know, there's 11 songs on my new album that I wrote by myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a balance in there and there's different, uh, reasons for doing things and different reasons for collaborating and sometimes there's there's reasons not to collaborate so i think it just depends on the day and and what and what the goal is and kind of like you know when you have a friend that you share a sense of humor with and you kind of get each other's jokes more readily than than other people might i imagine songwriting is is similar in that there are just uh, collaborators that you click with, like you've written with Hillary Lindsay uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, are are there people that you just, it just, the, the pieces fit together better? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's just certain relationships that, that for whatever reason work better and writing relationships that just work better. And, you know, who knows why that is, that's part of the magic and that's part of, uh, you know, I mean, they, I, I, I was told a long time ago when you put two writers in a room, there's really a third writer that, that only exists when those two writers are together, you know? And so you put those two people in a different room and there's, there's different, you know, all those different combinations sort of create, you know, uh, just a different energy. And so when there's somebody like, you know, Hillary and I, or I can name, you know, several other co-writers with me and several other, you know, teams of co-writers that I, I know work together. Well, there's just something magic about certain combinations and even certain combinations at certain times. There are, there are, there are, you know, combinations of writers that worked for years and then all of a sudden they didn't, you know? And so that's, it's always sort of that, that I guess game of finding as a writer, of finding the, the collaborators that you work with that, uh, you know, their skill sets, just the right amount of different from yours that they bring in, they, they kind of fill in your blanks and maybe you fill in their holes and together, you know, you kind of create a more complete, uh, songwriter. It, does the dynamic change when you're writing with an artist who also happens to be a songwriter, but they're primarily an artist like a, a, a Keith Urban or a Kenny Chesney? Um, does, does that dynamic change? Do you then focus on, on writing for something that, that fits them, or are you still just working with a writer at that point? And now, almost always when we're writing with an artist like you know, somebody of those guys' caliber, you know, you're, you're really there to write, to serve them quite honestly, your, your job as a songwriter is to, to try to help them sort of, you know, fulfill their vision of, of what they're trying to create on an album. And that may be bringing something in cold that you think is, is the next big Keith Urban song or the next big Keith, Kenny Chesney song, or maybe just showing up and listening to what they have to say and where they want to go and then trying to kind of help them get there. But, Almost always when you're writing with a, a big artist, the goal is to write them a hit song, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's for us, that's, uh, it take, it's, it's very helpful because instead of, um, you know, me or, and another writer sitting in a room and guessing what Kenny Chesney or Keith Urban wants to hear or wants to say today, if we have them in the room, it's a whole lot easier and a whole lot, you know, it just, it, it takes that step out of the process. We're not guessing anymore. And, you know, sometimes as writers, if we're sitting there writing a song that we think is a great Kenny Chesney song, you know, we have to debate. Well, would Kenny like this line or that line or the other? But if you got him in the room, mm -hmm. then you know. And so it, it does, it, it, it is helpful. And we're always grateful as, as professional songwriters when, the, when the, the artists get in the room there with us and, and start digging. So would a good example of that be, and forgive me if I have this story wrong, but I think the story is you were uh, in a room with uh, another writer and, and Carrie Underwood, and she just had an idea. She had a phrase, I think, something in the water, and, and that was yeah. it. And you guys played off of that. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, that's exactly right. Um, well, that particular song was written with another guy named Chris Stefano, a wonderful songwriter, a friend of ours. And, um yeah, and that's exactly the way that that song happened. Carrie showed up, and um, Chris had a piece of music. Chris is more, kind of known as a track guy, so he's got a piece of music kind of already on the studio speakers. Um, and you know, we kind of listened to what his music sounded like. And Carrie's, you know, she said, "Well, I've got a title that I've I've been wanting to write." And and she kind of, you know, she she said, "Well, what about this title, Something in the Water?" 
Now, as somebody who's been doing it a long time, my my initial response was, oh my gosh, that song, that title has been written a lot. You know, I'd written something in the water. It's just one of those kind of titles that, you know, it's a catchphrase. And almost every catchphrase that there is in the English language has been written by, you know, multiple songwriters on multiple different times. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the way it works. And so I thought, wow, that, that phrase is something that I've, I've heard a lot before. But, um, you know, and like I said, I'd actually written that title myself years ago, at least once, probably. So my first thought was, oh, no, oh, this is a title that's been written a lot. We're in trouble here. And then the, the, the next thing Carrie said, which was, I thought, incredibly special, was what if that water was the baptismal water? Mm. What, if we, what if we wrote that song about someone's life really changing and them being baptized? And to me, and that made that idea really interesting. So what she did there was took what I considered sort of a written title, something that they've done before, and she brought in a whole new twist on it that made it really interesting and fun to write. He said, I've been where you've been before, down every hallway is a slamming door. No way out, no one to come and save me, wasting a life. Titles get written all the time, but you know, a, a great idea or something fresh to a new title is is a is a is when you get excited, and so that's what Carrie really brought to the table that day. And Carrie is an amazing writer; she always brings something great. And Carrie is one of the greatest singers of our generation, but she's really coming into her own as a, as a songwriter too, isn't she? Yes, uh, is the answer to that. I mean, Carrie, you know, she 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 dropped into a whirlwind when you know she won the second season of American Idol, you know, and I don't know that she'd ever even tried to write a song she may have before then um but over the years and you know that was in 06 i believe she won i was lucky enough to write her first single jesus take the wheel and i'm you know and 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 i'm lucky enough to have her current single love wins you know carrie's been so kind to me over the years to let me be a little part of her career but you know yeah the first first album she didn't write anything on because when you you know you win american idol you just have to get a record out so they find the songs from people like me from songwriters but then carrie is she has as encyclopedic a knowledge of music as anyone i've ever been around bar none she knows radio and pop music and country music and i mean and metal music she i mean there's not a song that she can't sing and if you get into a, a, a game, like we were the other day we were writing, we started getting into 90s country. And Carrie doesn't even know the titles or the artists. She can sing you every word. It's, it's, wow. it's amazing. And I think that's a big part of why she's such a great writer is because she has just literally an encyclopedic knowledge of, of kind of American music. It's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. And she's, she's, a, she's a fantastic songwriter. Yeah, you've written, uh, like you said, Jesus Take the Wheel, Cowboy Casanova, Love Wins, Church Bells. Uh, and you've also written a lot with Kenny Chesney. Um, as a writer, um, <clears throat> are there artists that um, that your style of writing seems to to just 
go with better? Oh, I think maybe. You know, I mean, I think my goal has always been as a songwriter <clears throat> to to try to take my style out of it, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, you know, I like to think I, you know, my goal is to kind of not have a style. And, and my goal is to try to work with whatever, you know, whatever parameters I'm given that day, you know. And I've been pretty lucky over my, you know, my career to have, you know, pop songs, rock, you know, Bon Jovi in Chicago and Nick Jonas and, the, you know, The Fray and, you know, Colby Calais and Taylor Swift and then the country artists. And so I've been really lucky to have a pretty broad spectrum of, of artists, um, you know, cut my songs. And so I, I, I tell, I, when, you know, when I, when I get asked by younger writers about having a style, I think as a songwriter, a style can be kind of a dangerous thing, to be honest with you, because styles kind of come and go. And so my job, I think, is to kind of try to stay in the background and, and, and write the song that's the best, you know, how that song deserves to be written that day, as opposed to kind of put my stamp on it. You know, I like to think I don't have a stamp. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and what you're saying <clears throat> echoes uh, all of the other guests that we've had, but in particular, Brett Warren, uh, who talked about, you know, he and his brother had kind of a, a rock and roll background, but they also uh, played a lot of live shows in Florida when they were before they went to Nashville, and they played just a huge mm-hmm. variety of songs. And he says that he, he felt that that was that, that has served them well as songwriters, uh, you know, uh, professionally because they can slip from style to style, genre to genre, almost effortlessly at times. Well, and I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying about even Carrie Underwood. Just the the broader your music base, the broader your music knowledge, um, the better kind of songwriter you're going to be. Um, and that, you know, that that really what we're talking about here are, are songwriters who are kind of behind the scenes guys like me, because that can that can sort of be a curse if you're if you're you know you're writing your own album, for instance. You know, you need to have a style. You need to have a print. You know, I don't want Paul Simon or Billy Joel to not sound like Paul Simon or Billy Joel, you know, that's not their job. Mm-hmm. But for my job, which is a little bit different than that, I think it's kind of better to be able to be more of a chameleon and less of a, okay, I have a style and, and, you know, it's, it's take it or leave it sort of. So then when you, when you write something and you aren't writing specifically with or for Carrie Underwood or, or, or Kenny Chesney or somebody like that, um, do you just put the song out there and, and then it, it sort of just let it, you just set it out in the stream and let it drift down and, and, and you know, see where it, where it ends up? You, you're not sure what artist is going to pick it up? That- we are not. I mean, that's sort of the, that's sort of the, the part of the challenging part of our job is, is when we're not writing with an artist or specific, you know, then it's, uh, you know, all we can do, all I can do as a songwriter is control my work today. All I can do today is the best, write the best song in front of me, you know, and then tomorrow I'll try to do the same thing. Now, what, now the way we work typically, especially well in Nashville and in LA, they work the same way is that we know who's looking, you know, we know who's looking for songs right now in the next say 60 to 90 days. Um, and typically we'll sit down and try to focus on those artists that are looking because that's our job. Our job is to sort of try to create something that they might want. And so, Almost always when I sit down uh, to write a song uh, either by myself or with another co-writer, you know, we we're kind of like, well, and even if we get on an idea, we might then go, oh, 
you know, this song sounds, you know, maybe we could tailor it toward Kenny Chesney or maybe we could tailor it toward Carrie Underwood or Keith Urban or, or, you know, any of the myriad of artists. And, and so what then we kind of try to do is think in terms of, you know, how do we make this sound like the next big Luke Bryan hit as opposed to, you know, somebody else. And so we, we tend to kind of focus our writing toward an artist. Now, a lot of those time, a lot of the time, that artist doesn't record the song, and we hope another one does. You know, but at least it gives us kind of a target. And I like to have a target. I like to have, you know, when I'm writing a song, I like to have, uh, you know, something that I'm uh, a target that I'm trying to, to kind of an artist that I'm trying to write for personally. Can you think of a song um, or songs off the top of your head where you wrote it and you were surprised by who picked it up and made it a hit? Yeah, um, you know, like, uh, you know, my first uh, single was uh, my first number one single many years ago, a song called Who I Am by a girl named Jessica Andrews. Mm -hmm. And we had written that song for specifically for Martina McBride, because honestly, we didn't know who Jessica Andrews was. She was brand new, you know, and that's kind of the way that works sometimes. You know, you write a song, say, for Martina McBride, thinking, wow, she's going to get really lucky. And then you hear back, well, Martina McBride didn't like that song. Oh, um, and then sometimes it'll fall into another artist's hands who, who does like that song, and, uh, you know, it ends up being a hit. I am Rosemary's granddaughter, spinning in the hands of my father. And when the day is done, my mama's still my biggest fan. Sometimes I'm foolish and I'm clumsy, but I've got friends that love me, and they know just You know, you're just like, wow, I had no, maybe I didn't hear that for that artist or that's a nice surprise or, you know, whatever it is. It can happen in a myriad of different ways, but songs get cut for different reasons that you'd never get. You'd never dream an artist would like something and all of a sudden they do or just it, that's part of the the uh, the gamble, I guess, of being a songwriter, too, is that, you know, so much is out of our control. I heard a, a great story that, that you told about one particular song, and we talk about the hard work that goes into it, but there's also, you never know when inspiration is going to strike. And can you tell a story about uh, how When the Sun Goes Down came to be? It's it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, When the Sun Goes Down was one of those really lucky, you know, days, <laughs> to be honest with you. And this is, just, I mean, When the Sun Goes Down, this was probably, goodness, I mean, I think this was probably in 2000 something like that. I had a record deal, a second record deal at the time on an album that never came out. And so I was kind of thinking in terms of my album and I was literally driving home in my truck and just the, you know, the little ditty when the sun goes down, everything gets hotter when the sun goes down, kind of just popped in my head. And, uh, I wrote the chorus just in my head, in my truck on the way back home, you know, in traffic. And uh, I think I kind of wrote the first verse down that night. And I remember I had a demo session the next day. And, you know, to me, it just it, it was kind of nursery rhymey. And yet I, I really liked it. And for songwriters, we always, you know, we're always trying to look for the next, you know, uh, I'm trying, you know, yesterday by the Beatles or the next, you know, the Rose or something that's going to really change the you know, really, you know, we think in those terms, we really want to write these big lofty kind of things sometimes. And then sometimes it's, it's a simple idea. Like everything gets hotter when the sun goes down. It's fun. 
that works. And so I was kind of like not thinking it was a, it was, you know, I wasn't thinking too much of it, but I went ahead the next day and recorded it and just wrote the second and third verses literally while I was standing at the microphone, uh, singing it. And, um, you know, it ended up being one of those kind of earworm songs, you know, and I, I actually love the song. And didn't you run it by your wife because you weren't even sure that it was good enough? To- I did. I played it for her. And, and I, I said, is this just, just silly? And she said, I think it's really cute. You should record it. Suntan toes, tickling the sand, cold drink chilling in my right hand. Watching you sleep in the evening light, resting up for a long, long night. Was when the sun goes down, we'll be grooving when the sun goes down. Feeling alright when the sun sinks down. So then Kenny goes to record it, and then, you know, Uncle Cracker's sitting on Kenny's bus. Kenny says, Hey, let me play you something. And Kenny and Cracker's like, well, that sounds like something I'd record. And Kenny's like, well, why don't you sing it with me? So the next thing you know, it ends up being a duet for Kenny and, and Uncle Cracker. And they did such an amazing job with it. And, of course, it ended up being an eight-week number one single. And all kinds of good stuff came from that song. So that was, you know, just one of those happy, wonderful kind of gifts from God that are, are a nice surprise when they happen. And they they don't happen very often. You have to count your blessings when they do. We'll be grooving when the sun goes down. We'll be feeling all right when the sun sinks down. Over the water, everything gets hotter when the sun goes down. What I think is cool and really impressive is that you have such a range in your writing ability because you can write a fun song like Sun Goes Down or Out Last Night, which, by the way, there's another great story that goes along with that song. But then you can swing to the other extreme and write some very spiritual, uh, religious-oriented songs. You've had some huge hits with Carrie Underwood, and I think another great example is Chris Young's The Man I Want to Be. Talk about going back and forth, uh, I guess, between those two styles, and is that something that comes easy to you? Well, I, I grew up literally in the church, and I grew up in Christian music. So that's that's been really, you know, that that's a natural place for me to go. And I'm a I'm a I'm a pretty spiritual guy, so that is an, an easy and natural place for me to go because I have such a foundation in that. That um, you know, it always it it always is fun to write those kind of songs, and and you know, it's it's fun. You know, I always say that you know we write songs as songwriters that you know. Some songs are just meant to dance to. Some are, you know, to, we want to make you dance, laugh, cry, you know, and something like that. You know, we're trying to kind of evoke emotion, but the ones that kind of end up meaning the most to songwriters are the ones that actually really mean something to people, you know, to the listener, as opposed to that's just something I want to hear on the radio. It's something I like to hear at the office. You know, there's certain songs that you, you, you get lucky enough to be part of where people go, you know, I was at a place in my life where I really needed to hear that. And that, that was important to me. And that song means the world to me because it, it really, it helped me in that moment. And a song like Jesus take the wheel, for instance, for the man I want to be, I've heard quite a bit, quite a few stories come back from those where, you know, you know, I really was at a place in my life where I needed to hear that song. And I want to thank you for that. Got him down here on my knees. It's the last place left to fall Begging for another chance If there's any chance at all And that's 
I mean, that's the greatest gift you can have in any job, I think, you know, is to make something up in a little room. And then you've, you've got this megaphone called radio, and all of a sudden it's over the airwaves, and all of a sudden you're in Seattle, or you're in New York City, or you're in London, or wherever, and somebody's coming up to you and saying, man, you really helped me when I needed to be helped, you know, or that song did, not necessarily me, but it's just, uh, that's a real blessing. I want to be a good man, I do like I should man, I want to be the kind of man the mirror likes to see, I want to be a strong man, and admit that I was wrong man, God I'm asking you to come change me into the man I want to be. I gotta think that songs are like your kids, but at the same time, do you have favorites? Are there any that you're more proud of than others? Oh gosh, there aren't very many. I hate about everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, I think I, I think I, as any any artist is, I'm very critical of my own work more so than anybody else. So, wait, you know, do, do, and do, so, do, you, do you do you hear a song like you wrote a couple of years ago and go? God, I should have wrote that verse differently, or I should have used that rhyme scheme. Do you really second guess yourself like that? I don't really second guess. It's just a matter of you know, I'm not. I'm just not one to, to sit back and ever go, "Wow, I'm really proud of that," or "Wow, I really did that." It's just not my style, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I feel really lucky to get to do my job, and 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 occasionally I, I kind of you know will sit back and go, "Wow, I've been really blessed in this job, and it's been fantastic to get to have you know quite a few hits and all that kind of stuff," but. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't really <laughs> praise my own work that much. It's just not in me. <laughs> <laughs> One cool thing you're doing, we've just got a few minutes left, and I, I again, thank you for, for joining us today. Talk about the publishing company that, that you have established, and you, you say that you're, the express purpose really is to, to mentor young writers. That That's an important part of, of what you do now. It is, and, you know, I started, it's called Corn Man Music, which is kind of a random name. My, my full name's Brett James Cornelius, and so my nickname in college was Corn Man. And if I'd have known it was going to turn into a real company, I would have never called it Corn Man, because it seems like a pretty <laughs> silly name now. But, you know, it's we've been up and running for about oh, 10, 11 years now, and, um, you know, just been incredibly blessed and lucky to have some amazing writers come through our doors and, 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 and work with us. And, you know, really, we've never signed. I, I think we've only signed one writer in all our years that had even previously had a publishing deal. So we're kind of a company that likes to find the brand new guy, you know, and, and the guy that runs it for me is a guy named Nate Lowry and he gets pretty much all the credit. He's great at taking a writer off the street that, you know, nobody's ever heard of and kind of, getting them in the right circles in the right hands. And if they have the talent, then he can, he can turn them into a big hit songwriter pretty quickly. And we've been really blessed. You know, we've had Kip Moore and Caitlin Smith and, and, you know, just some, and, and, a, and, and a myriad of other amazing songwriters. Um, I could name them all, but I wouldn't have time. And, you know, it's just been fun to see. It's fun to see, like literally we have a guy named Josh Miller right now who is, as on fire as any songwriter I've ever seen. Um, his One of his big hits this year is called Meant to Be, which is pretty much the biggest hit in Nashville last year mm-hmm. uh, with Florida Georgia Line and B.B. Retro. But, um, you know, it's been fun. Josh was working, you know, at a mall two years ago. And now, you know, two years in, he's got hit after hit after hit after hit. And 
He's one of the, I think he was named third or fourth on Billboard's top country songwriters this year, you know. And so it's really fun to see kind of that development and to see that happen. And just, you know, basically you're watching dreams come true. And it's, it's, it's just such a fun thing, you know, for me as one of the, one of the older guys to kind of get to work with some of the younger guys and kind of, you know, you know, I don't really, I don't consider myself a big mentor. You know, I just consider myself a co-writer more than anything else. And we work together and, and have fun together. And it's just, it's been really a blast. If there's somebody listening this morning who's a young songwriter working at a mall someplace in America, and they have no idea what the next step should be, but they really want to give it a go, is there a short answer to that? What do you What do you tell them? What's the easiest way to just get your foot in the door? There is no short answer. It's very difficult. Um, the 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 first thing to do is to visit Nashville often. Come and I come here enough to get a sense of what it is. You know, go to Songwriters Nights, visit NSAI, the Songwriter Association International. They do an amazing job of mentoring uh, those kind of people, young people from around the country or new people, don't have to be young, new writers from around America, just to uh, NSAI, the National Songwriters Association International, does an amazing job of mentoring and helping people kind of get in those doors. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, if if they're really committed, ultimately they kind of need to be here. You know, if it, if, especially if it's for country music, obviously if it's for pop, they can be in LA, but you know, if they really want to do it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, you've got to be present to win on some levels because um, there are, I mean, even as we speak, you know, I'm, I'm on music row or near music row right now. And there are, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't tell you how many hundred songs are being written today in Nashville. So it's kind of back to your original question about determination. You know, if you really look at the numbers, you'd never try it. But then again, if you really look at the numbers with a lot of jobs, you'd never try it. Um, but you, you definitely have to have the determination to kind of show up, dig in. And if you have the talent, ultimately, you'll probably get there. Well, just to wrap things up, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I alluded to the song earlier. Could you give us the story of uh, how Out Last Night came to be? It cracked me up when I was reading it. <laughs> Well, that, that's my that's one of my most fun ones for sure. And uh, I went to my dear dear friend Kenny Chesney, who's uh, one of my favorite people in the world. But uh, he called me. You know, this is many years ago. He called me on a, a Christmas Eve at about four thirty in the afternoon, and my cell phone rang. And I don't know why I picked up on Christmas Eve, but I did. And uh, it was Kenny, and, and uh, he says, "He says, hey man, and what are you doing day after tomorrow?" You know, well. And I had four young children at the time, and it was Christmas Eve, and I don't know why I said it, but I said, well, nothing, man. <laughs> well, you got mine, you know? And uh, he said, why don't we go down to the islands and write some songs? And, you know, that's just one of those things you don't turn down if your job is to be a professional songwriter. So I, I obviously said yes. And 48 hours later, uh, I found myself, you know, stepping off stepping off Kenny's fancy jet in uh, in the islands. And he and I are a little bit known for this. And so, we, you know, we ended up having a great time the first night, you know, and I got in a lot earlier than he did for the record. That's this particular night. <laughs> okay. But uh, the next morning I was sitting on his back deck looking at one of the prettiest views I'd ever seen uh, off his place there. And um, I, I had my guitar and my coffee, and I probably waited two or three hours. And finally, you know, the back uh, door kind of slid open. And Kenny just poked his head out and looked at me and said, man, 
we went out last night. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe that's the song. And I started strumming a little groove from the song, and I started singing a little bit, and he started singing along. And, and we literally had more fun writing that song. We wrote that thing in a couple of hours. We went out last night Like we swore we wouldn't do Drank too much beer last night A lot more than we wanted to There were girls from Argentina And Arkansas, Maine, Alabama and Panama All mixed together and having a ball Yeah, we went out last night One kind of, You know, some of it's true and some of it's made up And the fun thing about that day for me and for Kenny, too, I think, is that uh, we had a little lunch, drank a little blue chair rum, and we sat on that same deck that afternoon and wrote a song called Reality. And uh, Reality ended up being a number one song as well. And so I think, I know for me, that's the only chance, I, that's the only time I'll, I have ever or probably will ever get to write two number one songs in one day. And I, I think that's the only time Kenny's done it as well. So it was it was sure a special day and sure a special trip for us. So the secret is, get hammered with Kenny Chesney, and the hits just come. That, yes, that could be, yes, <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> you figured it out. See, we solved the puzzle. <laughs> just that For me, it's a beach bar, or on a boat underneath the stars, or with my band up on a stage. For a while, everything's okay. For some, it's a fast car, moonshine in a mason jar. Everybody has their way Somehow to escape reality Yes, sometimes life ain't all And it's cracked up So let's take a chance And live this fantasy Cause everybody needs to break free Brett James, I can't thank you enough for uh, sharing your wisdom uh, with us and, and your stories. And hopefully there, there's some young songwriters here, uh, or just songwriters, that uh, that want to be where you're at or somewhere close to it that uh, draw a little inspiration from it today. Appreciate you. I sure hope so. Thank you. Thank you. Take a to a better place. And that is a wrap for this month's episode of Write You a Song. Thanks again to our guest, Brett James. And if you enjoy our podcast, please share. Let other folks with an interest in the craft of songwriting know we're out here. There aren't too many places you can go and get long-form interviews with the men and women who make the wheels of Nashville turn. And if you've missed any previous episodes with Brett Warren, Jeffrey Steele, Tim Nichols, Bryce Long, just check out our archives. And I hope you can subscribe, too. Write You a Song is a production of Bonneville Communications International and KNCI Radio here in Sacramento, California. Please join us next month when our guest is one of the coolest new young voices in country music. She's a singer and a songwriter, and she's great at both. I love her music. Ashley McBride will join us on the March episode of Write You a Song.